And now, after years of planning, sweating, and going broke, here is the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belial. And alert the media. Why they would give this man a podcast is anyone's guess. And there is what could only be a bizarre coincidence or something else. Welcome to the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belial. Track drunk and stupid is no way to go through life, sir. Country music and fine moonshine. You look like the vermin-ridden son of a bitch you are. A podcast for everyone in the good old USA and all around the world. Over there, over there, send the word, send the word over there. Quality booze and country music at its best. So you're saying, can you set my country music award on fire? The music... Nice and loud. What we do is if we need that extra push over the cliff, you know what we do? Put it up to a 11, exactly. You can email the show at bootsandwhiskeypodcast at gmail.com. That's bootsandwhiskeypodcast at gmail.com. It's just swimming with bow-legged women. All social media can be found at Boots and Whiskey Podcast. The show is great, even if you're sober. Well... My advice to you... Start drinking heavily. Jim loves his music and his whiskey. A real woman could stop you from drinking. It has to be a real big woman. This is the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belisle. Great music, great booze, and fun, even for you non-drinkers. Y'all want to drink whiskey? <laughs> I'd like a Coca-Cola in a clean glass. Finally, a podcast that lets it all hang out. Let's level with America. Got your boots? Ready for some whiskey? These boots are made for walking. One of these days these boots are gonna walk all over you. And now, the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belisle. Hey everyone, welcome back to another special episode of the Boots and Whiskey Podcast as we've talked about This episode is special because it doesn't fit into a season. It's special because the conversations were just so intense and great that I felt these folks deserved a... I don't want to say more shine because everybody has been important to this show and I can't thank anybody more than my previous guests. But these few this month just came in at a time where the season was over. I didn't want to wait on them. And I didn't want to wait. I just didn't want to wait on them. These conversations were very interesting and very fascinating. And um, I think really personifies what season one of the Boots and Whiskey podcast was. And it was a success. It really was. And these artists that I've had on, Ricky Duran at the beginning, Savannah Ray, Liam Coleman last week, and now I have Nick Casey, another local New Englander from the great state of Rhode Island, And you're going to hear about that and that love affair that I have with Rhode Island and the conversation. But other than that, Nick Casey has a voice for country music. He personifies what I would consider classic old school country music. He has that Josh Turner sound. He has that 
Waylon Jennings sound. He has that Johnny Cash sound. He has that rough and tumble, excuse the expression, man's man voice to country music. We'll talk about a lot of things here, right? You know, he has that... He just has that sound. And if you haven't listened to Nick Casey yet, he's been on our Spotify playlist. You're kind of missing out. Not kind of. You are missing out. Go check out Nick Casey. Because, especially for you locals, Nick Casey is not going to be a local forever. I guarantee you. The talent here is just too good to stay here. Unless he wants to. He can do whatever he wants, right? But, damn. Damn. So, I probably hyped this up a lot. <laughs> so, he better deliver. <laughs> and I know he's going to. I hope you guys all enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed having the conversation with him. Um, before we get into it, thank you, Dirt Road Scholar Supply Company. Thank you, Rowdy Roads. Thank you, American Grit and Grace. Thank you all for listening to these shows and the feedback and the shares and the likes and the comments. Thank you all so much. Without further ado, it's my pleasure to present to you the last special episode before season two. Season two will start on Tuesday, February 1st with a very special guest. You're not going to want to miss this conversa conversation. Excuse me. I promise you promise you, you won't want to miss it. But without further ado, my conversation with Nick Casey. My phone was having a moment. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. We all do, you know. It's just that time of year. You can hear me all right? I can hear you great, man. All right, good, because my AirPods also decided not to work last week, so. Awesome. <laughs> Figure it all awesome. out. Yeah, so we're, having about, the, we're having the best time, yeah. About time for a new phone, but we'll get there. <laughs> yeah. So how's it going, man? Good. Can't complain. Uh, awesome. You know, uh, keeping busy with a day job and singing. So yeah. How about you? Yeah. Oh, you know, you know, same. Well, mine has the singing because um, <laughs> nobody wants to hear that. Yeah. Um, but... yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it's been crazy. It's that time of year where, you know, for me, the day job was super busy up until about a week, week and a half ago. And then, you know, now it's going to be super slow until probably the beginning of March. And, you know, but that's the industry I'm in. So, yeah, um, I see you at Luke Combs. Looked like a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Luke was great. You know, Luke's always great, though. You know, I can't I've never I haven't seen Luke and go, eh, could have been better, <laughs> you know, so. So it was good. Yeah. Um, I, saw him. I saw him back when. uh uh, when it rains and pours, just go on number one. He was at House of Blues. That was nice. a good show. Yeah, I bet. I didn't get to see that show because when I um, when I looked into that show, it had been sold out for quite a while, and tickets on StubHub were ridiculous. So, right. So I didn't get to that one, but every other one I've been to that I've you know he's been at has been been great. You know, awesome. You know, he's he you know he's entertainer of the year for a reason, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah, no, definitely a good show. Yeah, yeah. So thanks for being here, first and foremost. Yeah, you know, appreciate while, you having me. 
absolutely. Um, I don't know how much of this whole connection you know about, you know, with me and you and all that, but um, this, for everybody else, this whole conversation has been a long time coming. Um, and I don't know if you know that. <laughs> um, but yeah, you, so you were referred to me by, you know, a, actually a bunch of people that are in the Rhode Island circuit. And um, yeah, so, you know, it was, it was only a matter of time and I'm, I'm psyched that we're able to do it. Well, it was funny. I remember you messaged me on Instagram and you're like, when we get and get you on. And I was like, what? I didn't know if I asked you or you asked me how podcasts work. I've done plenty of radio interviews, but podcasts yeah. is, is the first one for me. Oh, nice. Well, well, you know, what a better way to start. You know, I'm yeah. not going to lie to you. It's all downhill from here. Probably. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so the way I run this is, you know, this is all about you. You know, I want you to tell us who you are, what you're doing, you know, what, what your goals are. And as things come up and as the conversation goes, I'll, I'll interject with, with whatever comes up. So Sweet. I'm going to, I'm going to turn it over to you. Go ahead, man. Well, uh, I'm a Rhode Island based country singer. I'm in West Greenwich, Rhode Island, which is more new, uh, Connecticut. Um, I've been doing this since I was 16. I'm 24 now. And, uh, in my first show on, you know, that was, uh, I was hooked, you know, I was like, yeah, I, I think I want to do this for the rest of my life. So it's been pretty nonstop since, uh, since I started, you know, luckily with how things were last year, this year was definitely our busiest year, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, it kind of felt like the first year for me where I felt like we were going in the right direction. So that was cool. Um, I play, you know, a lot of more traditional music, uh, big into Johnny Cash and Waylon Jennings, all this kind of all the underground stuff that kind of seems to where we fit in the best. And, uh, yeah, I mean, just playing just about every weekend whenever I can. That's awesome. That's awesome. And you have a full band, right? I do. So, uh, I have, uh, uh, my buddy Ryan Tremblay, uh, he's my guitar player, right? Ethan Lyons on the drums, Jared Knoyer on the bass. We had a fiddle player, Olivia Baxter, but uh, she moved to Vermont, so playing with her has been a little more challenging right now. But uh, we did the – things started picking up more once I got a band. So I uh, I, uh, I realized that, which is – and it's just – it's way more fun with the band. I love – I like solo shows, but my guitar player, he just blows me away whenever he rips a solo. So uh, any chance I get to play with those guys is always the best. Yeah, you know that, and that's what I hear. You know, especially in the local scene, where you know you're you're more apt to get, you know, bigger shows, better opportunities if you have a full band rather rather than just being by yourself or, you know, something along those lines. Right, and we've been we've been networking a lot more. That was something I learned to do during COVID because none of us were playing shows. So I reached out to, you know, artists around the area, and we've just been helping each other out getting each other's shows, playing at each other's shows, and just building each other's fan bases the best we can. And that, I think, um, that's more important than I realize to do, and it's just super beneficial in the long run. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Now, with, you know, for what I'm doing and what I've been doing and people I've been talking to, um, you know, I, I know what the Boston country music scene's doing. You know, I'm a lot closer to you than that, but... um you know, ge geographically. Um, so talk to me a little bit about the Rhode Island country music scene and how that 
may or may not differ from, you know, other scenes in the area. It's interesting. You know, I've done, I've done Boston a handful of times and I don't want to say it's not my crowd. I think we'll get back up there next year. Um, Where I play in Rhode Island, it's a lot of, you know, in my area, at least it's a lot of swamp Yankees farm farming, all that kind of stuff. Um, And it's just some hardcore people, but they really, they really like the old stuff, um, which is awesome. And it's a, you got to find the right places for sure um, where people really want to listen to you. You know, a lot of times you're playing, you just kind of background music, which, you know, that's going to happen. But, um, you know, we found the right venues and just, I feel like the people, more people, I want to say know me, which is kind of surprising in a way, like, um, or like people I don't know that's like, Oh, we're coming to your show this week or where, uh, you know, uh, so they're just pretty loyal pretty loyal fans which is awesome and uh you know they get pretty rowdy when uh, when yeah. the chance comes yeah you know growing up you know i grew up in this area right i everything we did was in rhode island everything you know because yep. it was just so close it was so it was more convenient to go to scarborough beach than to go to the cape you know right. what i mean um so everything was always done in rhode island living on the line you know it it was just easier and you know, I think you're right, you know, where the, peop- the people in Rhode Island are great. You know, they are very much, you know, they're, they're a different, how do I say this without sounding offensive? They're a different class of people. You know, they have, you know, you have the city people, you have the, you know, the beach people, and then you have exactly what you said, you know, those swamp Yankee, you know, farm life country people. Right. You know, and, and for such a small state, you know, it's crazy how you have so many different types of people. Right. Like I could go, I used to work on a hay farm. I can go from the hay farm to the beach in 40 minutes. It's just, it's right. crazy how much the, the culture shifts in the different yeah. areas for being so small. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and it's funny because like once you get out of that, you know, once you go west of that, like 295, 95 belt, like it's a whole different state. Right. You know, because you're right on the, you know, Eastern Connecticut line and, you know, that's a whole different world too. And, you know, but the music fits right for exactly what you're doing. It all fits. Yeah. And I think um, like I, I've found that more in a lot this year in Connecticut, it's similar, you know, similar layout, but like just playing down here, people are requesting requesting obscure songs that i know but i wouldn't expect it for the area yeah yeah Yeah. you know it's it's a rough it's a rough and tumble kind of kind of place yeah oh yeah so when you started doing this you know we'll say professionally what what sparked that how did you get into that aspect of it um well it started uh bruce springsteen is my guy that is He's the guy. I tell everyone. I literally picked up a guitar because I was watching a video of him performing live, and I was like, I want to do that. Um, and so I think I wanted to be a rock star for a long time. And then, uh, probably when I was going into high school, I discovered Brad Paisley and Blake Shelton. Like there was a certain point in country music for me around 2010, 2011. Like everything on the radio that was coming out was just awesome. And yeah. uh, I really enjoyed that music. And a friend of mine, I used to be in a, a duo with a buddy of mine named Ryan Cox. He's a 
teacher now and with school and everything getting busy life kind of got in the way of what we were doing but he really turned me on to playing country music and uh i just i think it just went down a rabbit hole and like everything i found i loved so and it just felt like just real you know i think that's yeah. the main thing people connect to the music a lot so writing that kind of music and uh performing it uh, i feel like connected with people the most and i just you know i love the genre yeah yeah you know it's it's one of those things and i tell people all the time that it wasn't it what country music wasn't my cup of tea until about you know really seven eight years ago yeah uh you know i was a classic rock kind of guy and you know jam bands are my thing in college because that was the big thing then and um you know it, it's interesting how country music is kind of you know, exploded here in New England over the last decade or so. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's the same for me. Like, my mother, um, she's a big, she's a, a folk singer, actually. And, you know, I followed her around. When I was a kid. She was playing shows, and she loves Rue McIntyre, Trisha Yearwood, all those people from the 90s. And my dad's a big rock and roll guy, so I got a pretty healthy mix of both those things growing up. Yeah, yeah. So... For you, when you started playing music, how long did it take you till you started writing your own stuff? Um, let's see. I started. I started playing when I was sixteen. I think when I was eighteen, I started giving my shot at writing songs. Um, not uh, not the best songs, but you know, it was just uh, just something I practiced and worked on, and um, so pretty much since I was eighteen, I've been writing songs and uh just trying to you know just whatever inspires me i guess to to put into words or put into a song for people but um that was about the time and actually um on our our record ghost like me the song fighting fires that was probably one of the first songs i ever wrote um and you know i think as confidence built and you know i would play those songs live you know people would you know, be like, oh, I really, you know, connected with that song, or like, um, so that kind of encouraged me to write more. Yeah. Now, how how much of that song had changed over the years from the time you wrote it to the time you actually recorded it? Um, not a whole lot. So my guitar player Ryan, he's really good with um, working on the instrumental parts of it, just like tightening, strengthening the song rather. So like. Some of the verses were a little wordy, so we we cut it back to flow better. Um, so most of that song is pretty true to how it was, except for maybe three or four lines. Oh wow, that's that's pretty great. You know, to have a song, you know, kind of really out of the gate, right? That you haven't had to change too too much, and still be a great song. Yeah, which. Um, that song was actually my dad uh, just retired. He was a Cranston firefighter. And uh, I always tell people when I was a kid, my life was uh, I would, he would work a night shift. So my mom would drop me off at the station when she was going to work in the morning and he'd be getting off work and he'd bring me to school or vice versa. Like he'd bring me to the station after school and I'd go home with my mom. And uh, so like, I got a, I got a good idea of what it was like being a firefighter and like you know the the atmosphere and those stations so i always feel like i had to write a song about that so i think mainly because that song was very personal for me um and that kind of uh i think just keeping the personal aspect of it you know yeah it never felt like something i needed to change but just like 
just to change a few lines that would just make it easier to sing or like wouldn't complicate the song too much. Yeah. Now, so when you write your songs, right, where are you pulling your ideas from? Are you going more, more of the old school, what I would call the, you know, when country music was, was real, or are you pulling from, you know, kind of stuff that's out now that's popular? Like what, what's really driving you to, you know, write these songs? Uh, kind of a mix of the old and new, obviously yeah. I'll stick to a lot of the new stuff. I mean, a lot of the old stuff. Um, and then there's some, some new artists that not, aren't too well known just from what I've seen. Like, uh, you probably have heard of like Zach Bryan. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Charles Wesley Godwin. Um, yeah. People that write, um, like the songs they write, I feel like I, I'll listen to it. I'm like, I got to write a song right now. Just like, just being inspired by kind of how, um, how, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, just how packed those songs are with just like storytelling and how like just specific they are. So just like more of the storytelling aspects I've, tried to find uh some of my own writing and again going back to bruce springsteen like the stories he tells in his songs just you know those always blow me away so i'm always trying to see how i can fit that in yeah yeah you know it's funny you say that because you know what the storytelling is you know with with doing this you know I, i hear and see a lot of artists and i see a lot of the independent folks you know really going towards that storytelling again um which is great you know because it's gonna force the hand of you know the radio stations and all that to to play these things because that's what's gonna be there right um do you find it you know easy difficult based on you know where you're playing to um you know push your stuff a little bit harder based on the way you write your songs um Yes and no. So like the songs that are already out, you know, we'll play those every time. I think when I have the band, it's more, it's easier to be like, here's a new song. I'm going to test on you guys just because we have the volume and not that people are forced to listen, but you'll hear it better. Um, so that uh, I try to stick with up tempo stuff. If I'm trying a new song out just to keep the mood light. Um, but um if I can tell that the crowd is into it and they're really paying attention, I'll throw, I'll throw in some of my original stuff. And again, like I said, the ones that are already out into the world that people may know, will definitely play those. Yeah. Yeah. Now when you're playing, are you playing, you know, how long are your shows? Are you doing a mixture of, you know, is it like, you know, an hour set for three hours and with breaks in between, are you playing, you know, some covers, mostly originals, like what's, what's going on there? It's a pretty healthy mix of both. You know, we'll do covers and we'll do uh, originals. We do, I think our average is probably a three hour show with uh, a 20 minute break in the middle. Um, And again, that just depends. Like if people are really into it, we might not take a break just because we don't want to lose the energy that's going on. Right. Um, So we, we, we read off the crowd see how they're feeling. Um, but for, I think for the sake of my hands and my voice, we try to take a break, but, uh, yeah, I mean, we typically open the show with uh, Folsom prison blues and then we go right into one of our songs. And, um, that's been our, our opener 
probably for about almost two years now. But um, yeah, we definitely uh, we definitely mix in the originals and the the covers. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's great. You know, because a lot of places, you know, want to want a lot of that, right? You know, they want the covers, they want the originals, you know, and and your fan base wants that too. Oh yeah, it's it's cool to see. Like I remember we played um, the North Stonington Fair this past summer and this lady came up and she had seen us somewhere and she requested one of our songs. I, I didn't know who she was. And she looked at the CD and I was reading off the track list and she's like, Oh, can you play live with the blues, which is a super slow ballad. And I was like, absolutely. Like just cool that, you know, people know us, know our music and, you know, they like it enough to request it while we're playing. Yeah. Do you, so for the songs that people request, what has been the biggest surprise for you, like, so far? Just in terms of the songs they request? Yeah. Um, I'm going to think about that. We, um, probably our song, uh, The Picture of Henry Prescott, which I wrote about just a story I made up. I was in Kansas for a music festival I was playing at, and uh, there was this weird picture in the airbnb we were staying at so i was like i gotta write a song about that creepy looking picture and um, <laughs> so i wrote that song just almost as a joke one day and uh, we started playing that and first time i played it people were like oh you gotta play that song all the time so people always request that one and then there's uh there's some other ones that haven't been released yet that we play live the song i have called kingston station blues which is about uh the train station in kingston um and uh, that's not released, but people know it, and they request that one all the time. That's awesome. That's awesome. How does that feel as a as a singer songwriter artist when you have, you know, songs that haven't been released to the general public, but you know, you play live and you play out, and somebody says, "Hey, can you play this song?" How? What does that feel like? What does that feel like to you? I think it's just reassuring that we're doing something right in a way. Yeah, and. Uh, I think it, it just makes me want to go back into the studio and put that song out. But yeah, uh, yeah. definitely, definitely, it feels it feels great just to, you know, because I think that's the goal. Obviously, I'll always, I'll always play covers, but um, just it's cool that people want to hear our stuff. And I think, yeah. you know, that definitely separates you uh, in a way from other bands playing. And it uh, it's just, yeah, again, just reassuring that I think we're doing the right thing right now. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I think you are, you know, and I, you know, I've, I've kind of looked at, not kind of, but I've looked into your, what you've done and what you're doing. And, um, you know, you won a pretty big, um, you know, I, I, I would call it a battle of the bands, but, you know, uh, a big kind of thing at Mohegan, right? Yes. Yeah, so that was, uh, that was a battle of bands called Locals Live. And I, at the time was that 2018 I had sworn off of those kind of contests just because you do so many of them and you know you play well and doesn't go your way and some band wins like I don't know if they should have won and uh, a couple fans of mine came up to me at a show and like hey the wolf den is doing a locals live and um, uh, like you should sign up so I just for the heck of it sent in a video I just got in the band uh, it was an acoustic band at the time it was me Ryan and Olivia the fiddle player and guitar player and uh, so I was like, hey, I entered us in, you know. And uh, so that was set up. It was two rounds, probably over 100 bands that entered. And then they had 
four weeks of bands playing every Wednesday through November. And so you had to win a fan vote. And then if you won that round, you went on to the final round, you had to do it all over again. And um, that was something I think where the originals um, mattered. I, I kind of, I almost say had an advantage, but I was working with WCTY at the time for an internship and they, they were hosting it. So they were giving me this information like, Oh, you know, they like original music, the judges. So I think we had that to our advantage um, that we did half covers, half originals. And um, I, I still can't believe we won. We talk about that show all the time. Uh, yeah. And uh, I mean, th that money uh, funded our first album. So. Oh, that's awesome. That's great. You know, and that's, yeah. that's always the bonus, right? Is when you win something like that, where it could, you know, help push you to whatever the next thing is. Right. Um, so, so I, I mean, that's a perfect segue right into talking about your debut with Ghosts Like Me. So what was the process for you guys to get that out? What was it? What, where did, how did it start? How did, how long did it take? You know, what's, what's been everything up to it since then? It was, um, so we won that money in December and then I was like, it just, it felt like the time to record something just rather than be like, here's my YouTube channel, you know, it's like, we have an album, check it out if you want to book us. Um, and so that was always in the back of my mind when we got the money, I was like, all right, we could definitely do this. And, uh, I grabbed my drummer now, Ethan and our bass player, Jared, and we hadn't really played together besides rehearsing with each other separately to make sure the songs were, you know, good to go. So we recorded um, at Lake West Studio. It's in West Greenwich, Rhode Island, next to one of my favorite places in the world called the Mishnog Barn. It's a line mm -hmm. dancing club. And um, we were there, uh, Jack Gothier, who produced and engineered it. He does a lot of blues records and folk albums. And um, so we were there uh, 2019. We started recording in June. And we went through mixing, up till mixing, um, that was, I think, December of that year, January, we finished, we finished the album and had it good to go. So it was, it was a long process and it was, uh, you know, you question your whole life if this sounds good enough. We recut a bunch of songs. Um, so we were there probably once a month, I think. Yeah. So that was, uh scheduling was the hardest part getting all the boys in there and olivia at the time as well to sing with us but um it definitely i like how it came out um for sure and um what the tough part was we were getting ready to release it and the whole world shut down so uh that that was we had a whole cd release party planned. we couldn't do that so then everyone's in their house and i was like like I don't want to sit on this album anymore, so we just kind of put it out just to uh, give people something to listen to while they're stuck in their houses. And so it didn't get the buzz that I wanted it to immediately. It feels like more this year it has. I think just because everything's open and we can, you know, promote it at shows, and it seems like the word's getting out a little bit more. So it took longer to get the word out than I had expected it to. But yeah, um, you know, it's been. It's been uh, a good ride with it so far. So, you know, I think we'll keep pushing it a little bit more before we can go back in and do another one. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, that's great because now you know it's been out for for a little for a little bit, yep. and you know having the time in between with you know shutdowns and COVID and, and all that crap that has come with it. Um, you know, did you feel like once you started playing these songs live again, like they were new songs? Oh, definitely, because um, we we had played. Um, before everything shut down, we played at Foxwoods for an after party. Rascal Flats was in town, and we played. We our dressing room was across from theirs, which was wild. And uh, we played there. Everything shut down. We hadn't played a show from March till uh, November. I think was our first show back in a, a club, and um, <laughs> trying to figure out how these songs went. We I think we just played the whole album that night. I was like, we haven't played this in so long so we just uh it definitely felt new i don't think i don't think i forgot too many words but um it was uh yeah it, it just felt brand new again that's awesome that's so cool now do you have songs ready to go for something else or are you just kind of riding this wave a little bit um probably both still yeah. definitely riding the wave to you know, get, get people aware of the album still, but you know, I have, I probably have three or four songs that I would be ready to put on a new album, but I don't know the exact direction it's going to go in yet. So I'm still writing, still writing new songs and seeing, uh, seeing what would fit for another album. Like we have a good idea of where musically, where we want it to go. Yeah. Um, so we're just, uh, we're just prepping, uh, Prepping that a little bit as best we can and uh, just still marketing the new one, yeah. uh, the first one. Yeah. Now, I like to ask everybody, you know, what what has kept you here locally and not, you know, made your way to Nashville or Texas or, you know, anywhere that there's a, you know, a bigger music scene where you may or have a better chance of getting noticed? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's definitely a, a mental battle I have every day. <laughs> when I was uh, in high school, the plan was go to college, move right to Tennessee, and start doing music. That was my plan. And then as I started listening on the radio more, um, I didn't relate to those songs as much. And I discovered sometime in college, I discovered Cody Jinks and Sturgill Simpson and uh, Jason Isbo and all those guys. And, Tyler Childers had just come out and you could see like just following them from an early start for them I could see where they like how they rose to their popularity and it was just through fan bases really is what it seemed like and so I think staying up here um, just because we're just growing the fan base a whole lot more um, and I honestly I don't know if I would get lost in the, a big scene like Texas or Nashville right now mm -hmm. Um, but I think just again, networking with artists, uh, locally, uh, Backroads, that band and Nick Bossy from Connecticut, like we've just been doing that kind of, that kind of show for now, um, playing with them and just helping each other out fan base wise. Um, and it just seems like word of mouth through that way has been most successful. Um, yeah. A thing that we do that I don't know how many people do this is we've been trying more to play in different states. So 
2019 uh, for again forced me to get a band together I we got booked in Indiana and so we just take the show to different clubs just to, again word of mouth just trying to just uh, the analogy is kind of starting building a circle around your home base and then just making it bigger going across uh, different states so that's the approach I've been taking now I don't you know the idea of moving to Texas or Nashville is always on my mind so it could happen um, but for now I think just you know waiting for all this crap to blow over with the pandemic um, yeah once, once that's really seems like it's good you know I might plan my attack differently but that's what you've been yeah. doing for now yeah, I mean, you know, you got to do, you know, you got to gauge everything, right? And see where everything fits and what's what's going on and how everything is doing. You know, and if it doesn't make sense for you career-wise, why even bother? Right. Um, you know, so I got a few more things for you before before we uh before we go our our separate ways here. Um now when you're playing out and making these connections, and doing your thing do you find it easier to collaborate with other local artists to do things uh definitely um so the funny story if you ever get if you get nick bossy on here i highly recommend him um he uh we did not like each other for a long time for no <laughs> real reason um besides the fact that our names are similar and we play the same music yeah, we played each other's. We played each other's bars, um, so we had. It wasn't even a rivalry, but um, we uh, we just didn't like each other. I, I told him the exact story. It was uh, he was playing at a place called the Rat Skeller during uh, the pandemic last August, and everyone I knew was going to this show, and I was just so mad that he was playing a band show and I hadn't played with my band yet all year, and so I decided from that day like I don't like him, and then I finally. You know, the ego went away and I messaged him and we became best buds about immediately. And so between him playing shows with him and then uh, we linked up with Jesse the Source in Backroads. We've been doing uh, some local festivals with them that you know produce these great crowds and just, I think, gets the word out even more. Um, so definitely playing with local artists, I think, is the move. I was I would always say, like, to folks that would just start, I'm like, definitely network. Um, with artists in your area just to build each other up but make sure you're like it seems like it'd be worth your time like don't, not necessarily waste your time with some artists but you know make sure that they fit your mold as well and I think you know Nick and I have been uh, playing a lot more shows together and we just played one on Saturday that was it was in Woods Tavern in West Branch that sold out and it was just packed for the whole night so definitely uh, playing with locals has seen seem to uh, help a lot yeah you know it's it's funny you mentioned jesse and, and back roads and stuff because you know that's kind of how i that's the connection here between you and i um because one of my a friend of mine that i've known for you know a couple of years now uh michaela river she yep. she was the one that was like you need to get nick on the show and i was like all right like and at that time like it was, you know, I was clawing for people, you know, and it, and I checked you out and I was like, damn, like this kid is, this kid's got it, you know? And, um, you know, and even, you know, I, I discuss, I don't, I didn't discover, but I, 
I learned about Lauren King and what she was doing and, you know, her and Jesse's version of, you know, we were vampires kind of came across and it was, it was like, damn, there's like a whole scene in Rhode Island that is almost untapped with a lot of great players. Yeah. It's, um, I try to explain that to outsiders. Like I have, uh, friends and, you know, people I try to network in Kentucky and I know that area is huge right now, West Virginia, Kentucky. I'm like, Hey, you know, there is something happening up North and like, I don't want people obviously to miss it, but I'm like, you know, don't, uh, don't sleep on us for sure. Michaela, Michaela Rivers, she's awesome. Her voice is unbelievable. And we just met all at a big jam session one time and, I think it was last January or February. We just went up to Jesse's apartment. Her and Michaela there, and we, uh, I think we played every song we could think of from like 7 p.m. to 2 a.m. Yeah, that's awesome. But yeah, even I think I found again Lauren King through you and through Jesse, and you know she's awesome. It's just it's cool to see, you know, this whatever is happening, you know, happen the way it is, and you know nothing but respect and love for all those folks like jesse the source i love playing with him because he has this great banter on stage um you know he made this joke we played a a festival around october and uh he said something he was opening the show and he goes if you hadn't heard of if you hadn't heard of nick casey yet uh you're gonna wish you would have and i was like that made no sense at all (laughs) 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 he's just a great guy they're all great yeah, yeah, you know, I've I've been back and forth with Jesse a bunch, and hopefully sooner rather than later we'll we'll get him. But uh, you know, I get I get he's busy, and you know he's got a whole different world going on. So, um, but yeah, you know, it's it's crazy how exactly what you said. Like, there's a whole thing going on up here that I think the rest of the country just doesn't get or doesn't understand or doesn't expect right i i think because it's new england you wouldn't think country music up here right Um, but i mean to be here obviously i wouldn't expect anything less but country music um but yeah i i always said like when i was a kid you know i i'm still involved with uh, the harbor agency they you know help us book some shows throughout we play in maine a bunch new hampshire and like all the artists that were in there, um, I know, you know, Andy Brooks and all them, like, I always felt like, I'm like, there's, it's bound to happen that New England is going to have its time. Right. Like, and that's, that's kind of how it works. Like, back in the day, it was Atlanta, Georgia, or just Georgia in general, Thomas Red, Jason Aldean, Luke Bryan, all those guys had their moment. Anyone who came out there, right now, I think it's Kentucky, West Virginia, but it's only a matter of time before everyone comes up to New England and see what's going on. Yeah, yeah, and you know we have some great, great country music venues in in this region that, you know, really could blow up at any moment. Yeah, um, you know, I've never I've never played Loretta's. That's a that's a dream venue. We'll get there eventually. Um, but just places the places that I play, like, but they're easily easily to become just as iconic as any other venue across the country. I know we play uh, the Phoenix in North Stonington or Pocketuck, Connecticut rather pretty regularly. And that's, that's a great spot for music. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I think about it, you know, and especially in Rhode Island, like there's some, there's some really good 
and I and I say this with all the love in my heart, but you know, some really good dive bars that have had great musicians come through in unless you're a local, you have no idea what's going on. Yeah. Uh we before before COVID we used to play this dive bar, single room, one long bar room. Uh it's called the Polish American Club. And that was some of our craziest shows are right in that small room. So Yeah. And we do uh we do Stan's East Country Ranch up there in Peabody and that's that's always a blast. Um and uh, where else? You know, slowly but surely I'm finding all these a lot of newer venues that I haven't been to, but like again, they're all great spots for music. Yeah. Have you ever played Katie's? No, I I try I haven't tried to get in there in a while and I'm sure that'll happen as well, but I've heard that's a great spot. Yeah, Katie, Katie's is another one of those, like, you know, I used to actually go in there every Friday night, and, you know, the the it's so small and so, you know, not smoky in a way of, like, people are smoking, but smoky in that, you know, exactly what you would expect it to be, right? right? It's It's got a, you know, if it was in a movie, it would be a character all of its own. Yeah. And, um, you know, the people that are in there, they, they love country music and the blues and, you know, everything that is that. And I think that would be a great spot for you to, to get into and play on a, on a Saturday night when they do, do their music and stuff. I'll have to check it out. There's a new place. I just started uh, Stone Cow Brewery in Barry, Mass, which I didn't know where Barry, Massachusetts was until I booked the show. And that was, that's an amazing venue. Um, that you know i recommend anyone checking out it's just a big bar room turned into a brewery and the people there really like music so yeah yeah those those are always the best places and that's where you always have the most fun oh yeah for sure i mean i think i learned that a lot um you know being the tough part i've always said about playing in rhode island new england like to a degree i think non-music enthusiasts take for granted how many live music spots we have yeah, because when we were in Indiana, we played at this bar, uh, this club called Duke's Indy, which is an amazing, amazing place for a show. And um, like, just people, they don't have that many live venues for that kind of stuff for like up and coming artists. So like, it's a different world out there. People are just sitting there and watching the whole, the whole three hours. So yeah. Um, now, other than Loretta's, do you have any other like? you know, I, I guess you could say dream venues up here that you haven't played that you want to that are on the short list of these are where I have, this is where I want to go. Um, locally, I would love to play the Rathskeller. I'm trying, been trying to get in there for years. Um, Loretta's would be cool. I don't, I'd have to scope out what's on my list of places of contact. Um, locally, um, Loretta's was, uh, is probably number one right now, but for me, for a long time, it was the Washington County Fair because that's my hometown fair. Yeah, and uh, we got to play there. Fortunately, a few years ago, we opened for Hardy, and um, uh, I, I was like, "Well, that was my dream venue. I got, I got to pick something else now." But uh, <laughs> so, yeah, and, but, uh, and like to open for somebody like Hardy, you know, that's that's not a name or anything now. So that's that's yeah, interesting. Yeah, that was that was cool. I never. I didn't really get to uh, hang with him. He didn't. He didn't come out of his bus at all or his dressing room. But uh, it's funny now because a lot of my friends from home 
I met after that show and I casually brought it up and they're like, you're the guy that opened for Hardy. I was like, yeah, that was me. Um, so that was, you know, that was cool. And I think, uh, we'll be back there again. That's awesome. Forever. But, uh, that's always, that is probably has always been number one. You know, I'll always play the Washington County fair. We get the chance. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my last, my last few things here, cause I like to ask everybody, um, and if you've ever listened to any of these episodes, you know it's coming. Um, two questions. One, if you're a bourbon or whiskey drinker, what is your uh, bourbon or whiskey of choice? And two, if you wear boots, what boots are you wearing? I'll start with boots. Uh, my go-to boot is uh, Dan Post. Um, I've had the same. I have many pairs now, but my first pair I got when i was in high school i still wear at any big show we play and they're just super comfortable so if you need some boots i recommend dan post um whiskey i don't drink too much so it might be a little bit of a letdown um i guess like sons of liberty is a big one there in uh wakefield Rhode Island. they're a local company and uh Ooh, I've, I've actually never heard of them so that's i like that highly recommend they're they're pretty good um you know, really, uh, really strong stuff for someone who doesn't drink. But like, uh, you know, I guess if someone wanted to buy me a shot while I'm playing, it's probably just Jack Daniels. Nothing, yeah. nothing out of the, uh, nothing too wild. <laughs> nothing, nothing dangerous there. No, right. I can still function for the next couple hours while I'm singing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's cool, man. Well, I, you know, I really appreciate your time and I, you know, I appreciate you coming on and, and talking to me about, you know, you and where you've come from and how you've gotten to where you are, you know, it's been really interesting to hear, you know, especially from a local person, you know, I have a, not even though I've never lived in Rhode Island, you know, I have a, I have a soft spot in my heart for everything that is Rhode Island because of growing up here. So I, you know, I thank you so much for your time and, and hope to hear from you again and, and see you super soon. Yeah. I appreciate you having me. I'm down to do this again whenever, uh, yeah, whenever it works out, but, uh, yeah, uh, this is. I was looking forward to this for a while. So good, good. Yeah, I, I was too. And you know, I know we've talked about it, but you got to get yourself. I, I know Rhode Island's little, and from where I live <laughs> to to where you live is only, you know, fifty minutes at best. But you know, you you gotta. I gotta get you up here, closer to here. We're sne- where are you located exactly? We're sneaking up slowly up into Mass. So I am in Millville, which is right, I'm like right on the North Smithfield line. All right. So I'm in that, I'm in that ballpark. We'll be, uh, we do coaches, deli and pub that's in Smithfield. Okay. We'll be there. That, that dive bar, the Polish club I was telling you about, that's in Uxbridge, Mass. So. Oh. Once we're, uh, once we're in there again, I'll definitely let you know. Yeah. Cause that's, that's for me, that's a, you know, that's a, I could have you know, enough to feel good and drive home blindfolded and know how to get home. <laughs> not, not that I'm, not that I'm, you know, not that I right. do that. We don't encourage that, but no, absolutely if not. If right. If needed, it's a, it's literally down the street. Oh, that's Well, I'm, I'm glad that you do that because that would be awesome. That would be so awesome. Yeah. I definitely, uh, you know, I love solo shows, but like I said, I definitely recommend the band show. Yeah. It's, oh yeah. Uh, it's pretty rowdy. So, I mean, even to even to drive down your way in you know Connecticut or whatever isn't isn't awful, right? 
but it's also you know there's a lot of logistics when you have three kids and trying to figure all that shit out (laughs) absolutely i believe that you know so yeah but i can't you know i really can't wait to see you and uh and see you live with the band or even by yourself and you know because this has been a lot of fun and it's been great getting to know you even you know off the air so so i appreciate all that a lot i really do yeah again like i said i appreciate you having me on absolutely well until next time nick you know i hope you enjoy your your holidays and your christmas or whatever whatever you're doing and uh we'll talk super soon you as well my friend good good talking to you thanks See ya. See ya. Well, there you have it, everyone. Nick Casey, what a conversation. What an event. What a way to end this series of special episodes. To my previous guests of these special episodes, Ricky Duran, Savannah Ray, Liam Coleman, and of course, Nick Casey, thank you all so much from the bottom of my heart for being a part of this show, being a part of this in-between seasons. I can't thank you enough. I thought it was really important that we keep releasing episodes, even if they weren't part of a season. Season two, just so you know, or just to remind you, will start February 1st, next Tuesday. We will also probably run that season into April we'll probably do another set of these in May and then start season 3 we'll see how things go don't hold me to any of that by the time season 1 will start on Tuesday the 1st we will already have had a month's worth of of episodes ready to go for you. We're going to do weekly episodes this time. We're not going to give you a ton of stuff at once unless unless there is a concert review thrown in there. We will release those. We're also going to start doing the whiskey reviews as promised. So please stay tuned for that. I have some things I'm working on with some brands some other brands that I just like, I get chills. I'm getting chills just talking about it and thinking about what's happening in 22. Thank you for your support. Hopefully you keep um, listening. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Going to be launching a new website as well. So stay tuned for that. A lot of things coming. A lot of things coming. So until next time, well, until next week in season two when we see you, keep the boots on the ground and the whiskey in the glass. Cheers, everyone. Good night.